The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. What up, what up, what up, everyone? Hope you're doing well on this Monday. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Emmy Award-winning sports analyst, college football color analyst, and 10-year NFL defensive lineman, Lee J. Doosable, and you know I got my guys with me. 10-year quarterback in the NFL who does some acting on the side. He's the host of the Cover 24 podcast and one of the best athletes to come out of Delray Beach, Florida. My guy, B-Flow, Brandon Flowers, and a man that literally knows everyone. He was a 2014 All-Pro cornerback with the Cincinnati Bengals. He also does some boxing on the side, and we're trying to get a fight set up with him and Steve Smith a former first-round pick of the Tennessee hold, Titans. Hold on, hold on. Adam Don't Pat- say that. <laughs> Don't, Don't say, say that, that shit. <laughs> Steve Smith was not trying to fight me. Uh-oh. I was trying to set up the fight. Oh, okay. That's what I say. We trying to set it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some headlines on it, back, man. How y'all fellas doing tonight, though? Hey, boys, that's, it's going viral right now on TMZ. Uh, Pac-Man Jones uh, tried to set up the fight with Steve Smith. He turned it down. <laughs> we need a celebrity boxing match. What did you say? Three to three to four rounds. That's it, huh, Pac? Three to four rounds. Old fashioned ass whooping. <laughs> a good brawl, you know what I mean? Straight brawl. What so what uh what's the weight of the, the boxing gloves? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> he got comedy. It doesn't even matter. What's good with you, B Flow? Nothing, man. It's some good game Sunday. A lot to talk about on this show. Like football, like interesting right now, it's man. Because it's right now, B. Yeah. College well, and in the pros. Yeah, so I'm ready to get this show underway, man. Yeah, yeah. But before we get in the show, uh, uh, on the show and start talking about, you know, sports, I mean, something crazy happened again at the University of Virginia. Uh, police have in custody uh, at the University of Virginia student. And ex UVA football sus- uh, suspected of fatal shooting, th- uh, shooting three current players and wounding two other people late Sunday at the school's main campus in Charlottesville as a bus returned from a class field trip. School officials said now the suspect, Christopher Kurt Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., faces three charges of second degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commissions of a felony. Now, UVA police chief Timothy Longo Sr. told reporters Monday morning, now police have not offered a motive for this attack. Those killed were Devin Chandler, 
Lavelle Davis Jr. and Deshaun Perry. University President Jim Ryan said the two wounded students are being treated at UVA Medical Center with one in critical condition and the other in good condition. Man, fellas, this is crazy. I feel like every time we come on here, there's something like this that's happening. Another shooting. This time, you know, we talk about brotherhood. We talk about the locker room. We talk about even going back to college, you know, the bonds and friendships we built. And, you know, to see a former, you know, teammate, you know, cowardly shoot a couple of his ex-teammates. Uh, I mean, I don't I even know what to say, man. This, this is crazy, Brandon Flowers. You know, prayers goes out to all the families involved. You know, I was at VTech when we had that massacre on campus, right? Yeah. And you don't understand what it does to you and the feeling it has around the campus and everyone until it happens, right? And I don't wish that on anybody. So what I can say again is prayers out to the family, um, to those student athletes, and even everybody that's attending UVA and everybody around the country, like lean on this community at UVA right now because they go need you. You know, for the people that need to talk to uh, any kind of counselors or anyone for guidance, just to just vent, do that because there's something you don't want to hold in for a while. Some guys mm. lost their brothers in a locker room. You know, family members lost their child that just went off to college to pursue their NFL career and get an education. You know, so this affected so many different people. And I just pray that everybody has someone to talk to and lean on because you're going to need it in this situation. Yeah, Adam Pacman Jones, these are these are young men, right? Just beginning life, right? Just just coming into their own. And these are parents that have to, to bury their kids right brothers and sisters have to bury their brothers and sisters aunts and uncles their nephews and nieces like something's got to change uh adam pacman jones I, I mean i don't know what it is and what we need to do but uh maybe it's gun you know gun reform laws but this this is ridiculous you would think you know you send your kids to school that's supposed to be a safe place for them you don't expect things like this to happen yeah um boss did you say it was an ex-player or a corner yeah he was an ex-uva football player um, this is sad, man. Um, like, like B just said, like to all the parents that's thinking that we're doing everything to protect our kids, to make sure that they are doing everything right, to make sure they're not in harm way. You get what I'm saying? And cowardly, whoever the fuck this dude is, to have the audacity to do shit like this. I'm just, I'm I'm sick of it. I'm I'm hurt. First of all, as a parent, you know what I mean, um, because I have nieces and nephews. Um, my kids are at the age where we're visiting colleges. We're 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 thinking about different opportunities or or avenues that we're gonna take. Um, and this is sad, bro. We gotta figure out something as as the people. I'm not talking about black, white green colors it don't matter what color you are um but for us who live here in the united states we got to figure out some some kind of way to stop this shit like it's, it's it's getting out of hand man like and it's innocent bystanders kids that haven't done anything wrong that shouldn't be nowhere in the mix of any crossfire mm. like this hurts yeah. it hurts bro and it's and we sit here and think about it as, as 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 we talk on the show and discuss different things. What can we do? Like, I want to know what can I do as a person or um, using my voice 
with I'm Athlete, with I'm Athlete tonight, using serious. How can we come together and, 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 and on, I don't know, um, notoriety or whatever we got to do, but some got to, this shit got to stop. It's got to stop. Yeah, it's this is just a, a terrible situation. And, and to, to echo what you two guys said, we want to, you know, send our love and prayers to all the victims and their family for this senseless act that just happened at the University of Virginia. And, and to your point, Pac, yes, we, we do need to do something, right? So I think, you know, we just had these midterm votes, right? Like you have to understand who you're voting in the office and how they feel about different gun laws, not to you know go down that rabbit hole, but you have to understand, you know, what they're putting in place right now. You know, what do they support? Right. Um, because, again, something has to change. I, I don't again, I don't know if just taking every gun off the street is even possible in today's day and age. But, you know, maybe, you know, just getting access to guns, you know, and then, you know, when people can't get access legally, they, they'll, they'll do it illegally. So something has to be done. I mean, there are stiff gun, you know, policies already out there, but there's something that has to change because we can't keep, you know, bearing members of our society over senseless acts. Right. It, it should just not be that easy to, to get a hold of weapons. We got a really good show. I know it's hard to push forward after that conversation, fellas, but we got a really good show today. Let's go ahead and get into it. Jeff Saturday gets his first win in his first game as interim head coach of the Colts. If the Colts continue to do well, could this lead to other players getting head coaching looks fresh from the field or even sports desks? We'll talk about that. (laughs) Tom Brady and the Bucks edge out another win. That's two in a row. Could this be the start of something in Tampa Bay? We'll talk about that as well, and we'll preview tonight's Monday night football game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders and give you our picks for the game. But first, man, you guys were talking about there was a lot of good games this past weekend. I think no game was better than this Vikings versus Bills game that went into overtime. Now, Patrick Peterson intercepted Josh Allen with about one minute and 12 seconds left in the game to finally end a sloppy yet thrilling back-and-forth game between two of the NFL's best teams in which the Minnesota Vikings rallied down 17 points in the second half and won 33-30 in overtime versus the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Vikings took advantage of three turnovers by Allen in the fourth quarter in overtime, pulling ahead late in regulation when he mishandled a snap and fumbled it at uh, in the end zone, backed up. Now, Greg Joseph put the Vikings ahead by hitting a 33-yard field goal with 3.42 left in overtime. The game didn't end until Allen, facing second and 10 at Minnesota's 20, forced the pass over the middle to Gabe Davis, and Pat P. made him, paid for it, intercepted it, ran out the back of the end zone, and then slid on the turf to end the game. Now, the Vikings also got a heroic performance by Justin Jefferson. I mean, he was out of this world. 10 catches for 193 yards and an incredible game-saving one-hand grab. Fourth and 18, B-Flow and Pac-Man, Goes up one hand, pins the ball against his leg, pulls it down. Sometimes you just got to give your playmakers an opportunity to make a play. Also had a really big grab on third and 10 in overtime to get the the Buffalo Bills to the two-yard line. End up getting a tackle for loss the next play on Davin Cook. Then Kirk Cousins gets sacked third and 15. Those incomplete passes and they have to kick a field goal. But Kirk Cousins threw for 357 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. This is head coach Kevin O'Connell on the fourth and 18 catch by his receiver, Justin Jefferson. I just remember, you know, my dialogue, I call it dialogue, he can't talk back to me, but my words into Kirk, uh, what we were really looking for on that play. There's not a lot of scheme that you can go find in that moment. Uh, It was about a player and our quarterback and the two of them behind good protection and a gotta have it moment. 
uh, trying to just give him a chance to make a play. And it happened right in front of me. One of the more remarkable catches I've ever seen. Um, and, uh, you know, he's such a special, special player. And I'm just really proud of the way Justin's battled all season long against a lot of different looks, a lot of different coverages. Uh, but to show up time and time again when we needed him today, um, really, really lucky to have Justin and, and, and the plays he made for us today. Yeah, now before we even push this forward, Adam Pac-Man Jones, I want to ask you this question, right? We've said during the season, and Justin Jefferson came out before the season and said by the end of this year, he'll be number one receiver in the NFL. I'm going to say it right now, and I am athlete tonight. He's number one. Justin Jefferson is the number one receiver in the NFL, and you can't tell me no damn different. Pac, where do you got him in the hierarchy of NFL wide receivers? And you know how I am. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I say and, and what I pick to be number one. And you know, I like Chase. I like a lot of other guys too, but by far, Bose. <laughs> man, this kid boy right different. here, bro, at the top of the route, AB Flowers. Boy, that boy playing basketball at the top of the route. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bam, 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 crossover at the top of the route. You know what I mean? So yeah, from the stuff that he's done. From the time he stepped on the field, um, from a rookie to where he at now, he's by far the number one. Uh, I don't want to hear nothing about no Diggs. Diggs is a good receiver, um, <laughs> but Diggs—that's th- a whole different ball game right there. Yeah, B. Flo, I'm gonna bring you in on this conversation. I mean, because there's a guy in Miami that's probably vying for that number one spot too. But where do you got Justin Jefferson in your hierarchy as far as receivers in the NFL? Man, uh, it's hard not to put him number one because what he's done this year and the type going of going back to he, his rookie year, though. yeah, going to receiver, but he but he stepped it up this year. You know, yeah. like you can see him being more patient and more comfortable in his routes. He's a real route runner. He can run the route tree, right? Literally, and yeah. and that's what that's what makes him great. You know, Tyreek Hill. I love Tyreek Hill. He's a speed guy. Uh, he explosive. Like I would love to have him on my team, but when you talk about complete receiver, mm. I think Justin Jefferson gets that nod. Now it'd be different if you said I was building a team and which guy who I'll take starting my team. I'll take Tyreek Hill because you just can't <laughs> get that type of speed nowhere else. But pure receiver, oh man, I, I like Justin Jefferson all day. Yeah, I like how you broke that down. I think most people would agree with you as far as being the complete receiver and People were saying his rookie year that he was probably a top five route runner coming in as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, Pat, you talked about it at the top of the route. I don't know if there's anybody better. I mean, people put Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams up there. But right now, what he does and the way he's able to create separation, knowing he's going to get double teamed most of the game anyway, to to still be able to go up and double coverage, create space where Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins can find you. I talked about the fourth and 18 one-handed catch, but people don't realize that third and 10 catch Literally, yeah. he was bracketed there. There was a corner underneath and a safety up top. And he just found enough space for Kirk Cousins to just put it somewhere near him where he could come down with the ball on the two-yard line. So what he's done has been amazing this year. Hey, now, can I people, say someone? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. Now, if you go back and listen to that whole interview <laughs> mm. that that coach was just talking about just then, mm. now, we know Kirk Cousins is an okay quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But if you go back and listen to the things that he was saying, because really, Kirk Cousins, two of those balls was bad balls. That one that he went back and caught on the inside of the receiver, bro, that's special. Like you, that's like a motherfucker jiggling three uh 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 uh, uh footballs at one time. The way he caught the ball, it was mm-hmm. not a good throw. It was a a good route. He was open at first, and then he reopened himself because the ball was behind him and caught the ball. 
but the, the stuff that he's doing, he is making Kirk Cousins look good. It's not Kirk. Even the head coach just said it. Like, yeah, fuck Kirk, really, basically. Um, <laughs> this kid here is the real deal. Hey, sometimes you, your receivers got to make plays for your quarterback. But the crazy thing is, we talked about this last week, fellas. Like, I don't know why people aren't respecting the Minnesota Vikings. And it doesn't just go to Kirk it's Cousins. It's the quarterback. Right? That's why. Quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick yeah, Peterson. Yeah. A lot of people have kind of disrespected him after what happened last year. You know, their defense really took a step back. They were trying to say he was washed. He didn't have it anymore. And Pat P's been playing some really good ball this year. So Patrick Peterson was asked, you know, about the folks who looked down on the Vikings record this far. And this is what he had to say. Look at us now. And that's all I can say. All we want to do is continuing. We're not trying to prove them or they wrong. You know, we just want to continue to prove ourselves right each and every time we step out on the field because we feel that we are a, a really, really good, a really, really good football team that believe in one another, and it showed again today. We was down, I believe, the largest margin was 13, 14, 17, 27. So, you know, if we're not a good football team, how could you come back from that deficit? Look at us now. Mm, talk your talk, Pat P. Look at us now. Y'all know y'all saw that boy on the plane with the chains on. He took over Kirk Co. Uh, chains uh, <laughs> a job this week after the win. But uh, this is I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Adam Pac-Man Jones and Brandon Flowers. And we're talking about the thrilling overtime game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills with the Minnesota Vikings pulling it out 33-30. Now, the Bills have lost two straight and no longer lead the conference or even their division. They now trail Miami by a half game in the AFC East. And they only trail by a half game because the Jets just went on by, right? So the Jets beat the Patriots this this upcoming Sunday. The Jets will be first place in the division because they own tiebreakers over the Miami <laughs> Dolphins and the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Just want to put that caveat out there. Hey. And Allen's turnover problems are suddenly the biggest question mark surrounding the Bills. He's a talented quarterback, but he was questionable to play this past week because of the, in- the elbow injury he had last week versus the uh, New York Jets. This is Josh Allen talking about how losing sucks. Losing sucks. It's just what it is. You hate to lose, especially that way. It comes down to my shoulders and my shoulders only, making the right decisions, making the right throws, um, you know, putting our best foot forward in practice. This one's, this one's going to suck watching. Um, only ways forward. we gotta got to find a way to put this behind us and not let it affect our next one. Now, Josh Allen finished 29 of 43 for 330 uh, yards and a 11 yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. He also had two interceptions and then that that costly inter, uh, fumble right, you know, backed up into the end zone. The defense stopped Minnesota on fourth and one. His heels were on the goal line. He fumbled the snap. Minnesota fell on it and scored a touchdown. B Flow, let me ask you this Brandon Flowers, was this win more about the Vikings? Or more, more about the Bills' issues. I mean, Buffalo was up by 17 in the third quarter. I think it was more about the Vikings. I mean, this is who the Bills are. Like, I like <laughs> Josh Allen as a quarterback, but I always say I don't trust him. He's going to do those things no throughout the game where it's like, bro, what are you doing? And that can cost his team a win. He's going to do it in the playoffs. And you'll have to just see if he's going to will his team back to win the game at the end like he tried to do this previous game. But for me, it was more about the Vikings, right? Because I didn't know if I was sold on them. I picked them to win the division, but I didn't know if they can be a a true contender in the NFC because if you look at their schedule, they only got – before this win, they only had wins over the Packers, the Lions, the Saints, the Bears, the Dolphins without Tua – the Cardinals mm-hmm. and the Commanders. So 
looking at them opponents, I was just like, are they that good? And those was, a lot of those was one score games. So I didn't know if they can. I think really... most, I think they got the most one score victories in the league right now. Yeah. So none of those was really over a big dog. But to go into Buffalo on the road, I played in Buffalo. I'm pretty sure you played in Buffalo. I played for yeah. Buffalo. So I yeah. Know. <laughs> so we all know it's hard to win in Buffalo. So for the yeah. fact that they held their composure, came back. You know, everybody on this team stepped up. All they playmakers did what they had to do to win a tough game on a uh, roll. I got to give them their respect. Yeah, this Pac, was, this what do you think? This... Vikings, me. Yeah, yeah, Pack. What do you think? It was more about the Vikings win or more about the the, the Bills issues? No, no, no. Don't try to like jump over this conversation about this quarterback thing, Bose. I'm oh, not going to let Hold on. <laughs> I am not going to let you run away with this because we've been having conversation about when my boy uh, Joe Burrows was playing so bad the first couple weeks when you was talking all this shit and yeah. this and that and that and this. And now we're sitting here talking like Josh Allen is playing good football. Josh oh, yeah. Allen. Hold on. Let me finish. Got Josh I'm Allen finish. sucks right now. Mm-hmm. And I want I want to say that to let everybody know, Josh Allen has completed uh, in the last three. We go to the last three games: fifty-eight percent, uh, seven hundred fifty-six yards, um, three touchdowns, and six interceptions. Yep, <laughs> six interceptions. B, do you hear me? But you don't feel like that was always Josh Allen. But I was say, me and me Flo have been saying this forever. Hey, Flo, this is all mm-hmm. I'm th- saying. All of these guys are coming on here saying Buffalo is gonna go win everything. Yeah, I know Von Miller is playing. Von Miller is playing good. Yeah, I know he's getting sack after sack. <laughs> but really, let's cut the bullshit. Are there a good enough team that you're telling me that they're gonna make it to the championship? Hell no. I mean, I think the talent is there. I think me and B-Flow, like, we've had this conversation multiple times. The thing about Josh Allen is every game, he's going to give you two to three throws. And if you make him pay, you have a great chance to win the game. If you don't, usually Buffalo wins those games because they can can overcome them. We saw the Jets make him pay, right? We saw the Miami Dolphins make him pay. And then we just saw Sunday, the Minnesota Vikings. If you get him to turn it over, right, when he gives you those layups, we call them layups back there in the secondary. You got to catch those. Right, because those those are momentum shifting plays, and the Minnesota made them pay for it. The Jets made them pay for it. Also, Buffalo made. I mean, the Miami Dolphins made them pay for it. So you're hey, right. Can I, can, I, can I ask you something on that dig route? Right, that yeah. dig route. It really was a dig route. The corner was pussyfoot. I mean, I shouldn't say that. He was uh, <laughs> he was being soft and didn't really want to run the dig because the safety came up. And then, as you can see, the play, the ball had already been thrown. And then the uh, receiver went over top. Who fault is that? Is that talking about in the the game versus the Cowboys with the Green Bay? Or are you talking about the one with uh, Gabe Davis, the interception at the end? Yeah, just this week. What are you talking about? We're talking about this week. Uh, to me, this is like Pat P had inside leverage, and he just cut it. Kind of like remember we, when we had Steph Gilmore on, and he did the same thing versus the Denver Broncos. But it just looked like the as a receiver, he got two options: either go catch the ball or get knocked out, or yeah. go over top. Like he went over top on that. I don't know if that's the quarterback fault, but yeah, I mean, the same thing happened with uh CD Lamb in Green Bay, and CD Lamb was supposed to cut that safety off right there, right? Or at least run into him. Yeah. Dak let the ball go, thinking he was gonna, you know, cut inside of the safety, and he didn't, and it got picked off. So, I mean, I gotta go watch that one more time from the, the all 22 angle just to make sure. 
But to me, it looked like Pat P was just playing inside leverage and he just he just cut it off and made a play. I think he shouldn't have tried to force it in there. Like you said, the, the safety was coming down anyway. <laughs> like that, that's not an easy throw to make. Yes, you can make every throw, but with the game on the line, why even chance that throw? But listen, man, Josh, Josh Allen, a vet, he know in a red zone, if you look at him, he double clutched before he threw the ball. Like, yeah. he like he was supposed to throw it on time. He held it and then he went again. Pat can't P, be late in the vet. red zone. You can't, you can't get a vet <laughs> a tip like that, that you finna throw the ball and pull it and throw it again. Of course, like he's going to the receiver going to run out the back of the end zone. The ball can't go over his head. So, of course, he's going to be closing in to make a play like hey, hey. A.B., Josh is a more athletic Ben Rothenberger, but he don't throw the ball as good as Ben. That's just my opinion. You got a point. I'm just saying, like, just think point. about it, bro. Listen, it was – I played – We lost you for a second, Pat. I said, I, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. I said, I played against Ben Big Ass for nine years, and everybody used to talk <laughs> all that shit about, oh, he's not in shape. Bro, I can't show you probably – Two films where one person is taking him down. Maybe only Vontaze. <laughs> we'll put it like <laughs> that. But, like, if you go back and look at the film, the decision-making that Josh Allen is making is, is, is like a rookie. He looked like Geno yeah. when Geno was playing with the Jets. Now, mm. I will say this. Do he have a lot of weapons? Yes, he do. Do he have an unbelievable defense? Yes, he do. So he can make those mistakes and get away with it, and we sit here talking like, oh, no, the Bills still don't. No. Like, all he got to do is really protect the ball. He got so many weapons over there. He don't have to do nothing out the ordinator. You know what I'm saying? You don't need no trickery over there. Yeah, they only trickery, but I think him using his legs, because you know, I think last year he was the leading rusher on that team or the last couple of years, and we saw it in overtime, right, Pac? He had two scampers for, like, 40 yards to get yeah. them down in the red zone. So I think they just rely on him so much. And sometimes he just forced things because he thinks because he got a big arm, he can make every throw. Let's ask this last question before we go to break. Uh, I'll start with you on this one, Adam Pac-Man Jones. How concerned are you about the way Josh Allen has turned the ball over the last few games? Um, You know, I, I, I look at the dialect of everything that he's been doing. If you go back and look at last year, you know, he turned the ball over last year. But the biggest thing that I'm taking on all this, the coaching. The coaching got to get better. Hey, look, somebody got to go in there and tell his ass, hey, yo, check the ball down. You don't got to always go mm. for the home run ball. So, um, and you know how that is, um, Bose. You got all those receivers in there. You come out the first couple weeks firing, you know what I mean, everything looked like it supposed to be, and then you get a little gun, gun happy where you think you can make a couple of those where you normally would check it down or run the ball. Yeah. So I really think this. This is what I think. Only way Buffalo make the playoffs is wild card. That's first and foremost. Uh, I was going to say, I, I I think they can for sure making the playoffs, fact. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs because of what's going on. But they won't win the division. Right? And this is what I'm telling you. Depend on who they go and play. Where at? It's going to depend on the outcome of the season. But it's going to be hard for them to go win the championship because they don't got home field advantage. Yeah, we, I think they you, do. I Brandon, mean, they need home field advantage. We all know how yeah. hard it is uh, to win on the road. And 90% mm. of the ch- teams that win the championship, two things. Either they already been good and they play good and then they start clicking midway through the season or right when playoffs start or the home field advantage team. 
Mm. Before, uh, quickly, because we got to get to break. We've always talked about Josh Allen and saying this is who he is, right? He routinely just going to make you like scratch your head. Like, why? What are you thinking right there with some of these turnovers? Is it a concern now, right? Because we've seen it for three weeks in a row with him. Everybody thought he had kind of got that out of his game, but it's starting to rear its ugly head again. Are you concerned with him going forward with the Bills? I'm not too concerned because, like like I said before, this is who he is, right? He can get into the playoffs and not turn the ball over at all and win two games, get to the AFC Championship game, and now he got to battle it out like he did last year. They had the weapons on their team. He got a live arm. He can make plays. He's a good player, but it's just on him if it catches up to him or not. You know, like they still yeah. going to be a threat no matter if they're a wild card or they win the division. But when they catch up to him, it's going to catch up to him. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned. Hi, everyone. This is Hope Solo, World Cup champion and host of Hope Solo Speaks, a Sirius XM podcast. I'm so excited about the Men's World Cup starting November 20th, and we'll have coverage all tournament long. I'll be talking to former players, top analysts, and offering some of my unique perspective as Team USA looks to make a deep run in Qatar. Download new episodes of Hope Solo Speaks right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. USA! USA! Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Dules, but with my guys, Adam Pac-Man Jones and Brandon Flowers, and another overtime game. Packers get back on the winning side. The Packers beat. Our producer Sean's Cowboys 31 to 28 in overtime. Now, Aaron Rodgers got here, bro. <laughs> threw three touchdown passes to rookie Christian Watson. I've been trying to tell people about this young kid. I knew he was coming along and let a 55 yard drive in overtime to set up Mason Crosby's game winning 28 yard field goal. And the Packers stopped a five game skid with a 31 28 win over former coach. Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Green Bay appeared 
well on its way to losing six straight games in the same season for the first time since 1988, trailing 28-14 in the fourth quarter before Rodgers led two long drives that ended with scoring passes to Watson. Now, Watson entered Sunday with 10 catches for 88 yards in an injury-riddled rookie season. He caught four passes for 107 yards against the Dallas Cowboys, including touchdowns of 58, 39, and 7 yards. This is Aaron Rodgers talking about how last week was rock bottom. Last week uh, was definitely a low. Uh, rock bottom-ish, for sure. Had a uh, depressive uh, uh, isolationism way, but more disappointment. And I felt like that that was bottom and it was only up from there um, I think a lot of the a lot of the battles that we face are between I and I between the person that can go out there and dominate and knows that they can and the little voice in your head that tries to knock you off of that uh, confident perch you're on so I'm uh, happy that I knocked that voice back into hell and uh, had a good performance today. Hey, 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 Ron. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Now, the Cowboys blew a 14-point lead heading into the fourth quarter for the first time in franchise history. They entered Sunday with a crazy record of 195-0 and zero record in such games, including the playoffs. Now, this is head coach Mike McCarthy talking about how frustrated he was to end the game. Very frustrated with the ending of the game, obviously. You know, um, I think just the biggest thing for us is we need to go out here and just learn from these games. I love these kind of games. And this is not exactly what I told this game. You need these tight games to get to where you want to go. So, um, and I thought we were in total control that in, in, in overtime. Now, there's been some questions on whether Mike McCarthy chose to do the right thing in overtime. He went for it on fourth and three from Green Bay's 35-yard line on the opening possession of overtime instead of trying a long field goal. Now, Dak Prescott was pressured by Jaron Reed and threw a desperation pass to Tony Pollard that fell incomplete. This is Mike McCarthy talking about how he's fine with his decision to go for it on fourth down in overtime. I felt we needed to go for it. You know, I mean, we I called it on second down, especially the way the game was going. I mean, it was, you know, big play uh, penalty, big play penalty, big play penalty. So, um, you know, our thing was just keep playing. We had good calls, uh, you know, um, so I'm, 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 I'm fine with the decision. Obviously, I know we didn't convert. Now, Dallas, you know, offensive playmakers had a pretty big day. C.D. Lamb finished with 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Pollard, Tony Pollard ran for 115 yards in the score. And Dak Prescott went 27 of 46 for 265 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions, both by safety, Rudy Ford. Let me ask you this, Brandon Flowers. What do you think about Mike McCarthy's decision to go for it on fourth down instead of trying that long field goal in overtime? No, I don't mind. I don't mind a call. You know, kicking in Green Bay can be tough. The wind is going against the wind. The wind so, was real. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. The wind is real. If you play in Green Bay, you know, like it, it's not a for sure, right? And you rather go for it on fourth down rather than miss a field goal and they get the uh ball in the same spot. He tried to put the ball in his quarterback hands, who they pay a lot of money to, mm. to see if they can make a play. We often say you pay these guys for a reason. That's 
being a signal caller back there at quarterback, put the ball in their hands and let them earn their paycheck. You know, they just didn't uh, come away with the fourth down conversion. So I don't have anything uh, negative with the, to say about the call he made to basically go for it and kick the field goal. But uh, McCarthy got to run the ball more, man. Like, <laughs> So I was just going to ask you that. Like, if you in your head are thinking we're going to go for this on fourth down, why not run the ball on third down there? Yeah, I, I don't understand that. And Tony Pollard tote that rock. Like 115 he, yards, but yet you dropping back with your quarterback 46 times. Yes. So if you know if if you know you're going for it on fourth down, on third down, they're expecting you to throw the ball. So he should at least get three yards the way he's been running a rock. Then you got fourth and one, one, the whole playbook is open. Yeah, the whole playbook open. You can do whatever. Yeah. So those are the little things that frustrates people when it comes to Mike McCarthy. And they say his decision making throughout the game. And people who wants to know, does coaching really play a mm. vital, you know, position within football games? It's these situations where you have to manage a game when it's throw the challenge flag, don't throw the challenge flag. Situational when you make little football. calls like this, if we know we're going for it on fourth down, we're going to run it on third down. Like, it's these little calls that can win or lose games. And, man, it, it frustrates you as a player. It's like, yo, we playing our ass off out here. Like, we giving everything we got. Like, we need that from you. Like, mm. you owe us that as our head coach to make these right decisions in these right moments right here for us to walk away with a win. So, yeah, I have nothing against the call uh, on to go for it on fourth down, but just the play calling leading up to the fourth down and yeah. throughout the game, not running the ball like you should. Yeah, I think a lot of people, that's the big question mark with Mike McCarthy, right? Situational football, he's failed in those areas. And honestly, you know, Kellen Moore deserves some of that blame too, right? Again, we talked about this too. When Dak Prescott was hurt and they had Cooper Rush in there, you know, they were a balanced team, but they ran the ball more, right? They didn't put too much on his plate. Now, I get it. You're playing Dak Prescott, an arm and a leg. But, I mean, we need more ratio when it comes to the run and pass game, right? Tony Pollard's proven he can be a star in this league if you just give him the opportunity. I think he deserved more carries in that game. And then, can't remember the backups. I think it was Frazier. He was even running the ball really well, too, because Zeke was out, so they had another back in there as well. He was running the ball really well, too. So, I think they should have leaned, like you said before, leaned on the, the run game more. Adam right. Pac-Man Jones, the Packers finally listened to me. And they really relied on the run game instead of having Aaron Rodgers throw it a million times a game. And look what happened. Could this be a formula that gets them back into contention? If you look at it, Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball 20 times and they had 37 rush attempts between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I love it. And and the big point is that the offensive guy made plays. The wide receiver made plays this week for Aaron Rodgers. But on the other hand, on the other side of the ball, when you talk about the Cowboys, all this shit y'all talking about, old Pollock can carry the load. Oh, this and that. Oh, he can. washed up. Boy, let me tell you something. It's a way different game when Zeke is not in the game. He I'm still went for 115, Pat. It's cool. But, <laughs> but when it when it got hard, what happened? That's but that's on the play calling. They didn't give him the ball when they needed to. Okay. This man threw almost 50 times, Pat. That's insane. 50 times in Green Bay? I, I I totally agree with you. With, they definitely shouldn't have threw the ball 50 times in Green Bay. But, like, man, y'all got to put some respect on Zeke's name. No, like, for sure. Zeke gets the like, tough yards. Because, for sure. you know, we get the little splashes of the younger guys coming in the league. And I'm not taking an end away from the younger guys. But, like, bro, like, Zeke is a valuable point. 
of the Dallas Cowboys, bro. Yeah. And if you can say what you want to say, this and that, they're a regular fucking team without them. Mm. Talk bad to them, man. Well, let me ask you just one quick question, and then we got to really push this conversation forward. I ask you real quick, before, and then Pat, you can follow. Uh, what's been your impressions of Dak Prescott since he returned from the injury? Oh, no, dude, but I don't understand <laughs> bad. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to stay away from the conversation. But I know what you're going to say. I know you're a betting man, and you haven't lost but one bet that you bet it. With me. Did you did you buy that game? Did you buy that down to six points last night? Yeah, and I fucking pushed like you pushed it. But but you see what I was saying? That's why I All said right, bet it down. You, but that was the you 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 you, you ain't I ain't even count that was as, as a L because we pushed. Yeah, I but saved you some money. Damn sure <laughs> did. You say yeah, and I would have been mad if you didn't. I, I'd say I, that seven was exp- was expensive. I was like you buy it down to six. Uh, B flow, but uh, quickly, what do you, what do you think about Dak since he's returned from injury, the thumb injury? I mean. This, this is who Dak is. Like <laughs> I was I waiting for it. Like, what more we would expect from Dak. I think he would excel if he only threw the ball. Like, use him like Tua. He, he needs to throw the ball no more than 30 times a game. No more. Run the ball. <laughs> he needs to go, what, 20 for 26. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's how you go. That's what you. That's when you go get the best Dak. If you throw Correct. the ball mid-30s on, like, nah, you're not going to win. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they keep throwing the ball with that guy. I still... Tell him more tripping. Like, we, were, we were saying that we hope that he implored some of the game plan that he used for Cooper Rush. I think that would benefit Dak Prescott the most. Right now, again, granted, you're paying him a lot of money, but then when the game's on the line, lean on him if you have to, but le- like leading up to the game and throughout the game, you ain't got to have this man throwing it out there like it's 7-on-7. Seven seven. Like You can run the ball. You got one of the best rush attacks in all the NFL. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Adam Pack, Man Jones, and Brandon Flowers, and Jeff Saturday, the interim head coach for now of the Indianapolis Colts, goes into Las Vegas and gets a big win over the Las Vegas Raiders. What? The Colts won 25-20. to 20. Matt Ryan has never been known for his sweet, swift feet, but his career best 39-yard scramble to convert a third and three in the fourth quarter led to his winning touchdown pass two plays later. I mean, they went man covers the Las Vegas Raiders. And who would have thought? Mighty Ice scampered for almost 40 yards. Now, he completed a 35-yard pass to Paris Campbell with 5.07 left get to give the Colts a 25-20 to victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I was watching this game, and it shouldn't have never got to that point. The play before that touchdown pass to Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman fumbles, B-Flow and Adam Pacman jones and Darian Butler, the linebacker, instead of trying to just lay on the ball, tries to scoop and score, and the ball goes back to the Colts. And you know what happens when you don't get those opportunities. What always happens, B-Flow, they score on the next play, and that's exactly what the Indianapolis Colts did with Paris Campbell. Now, Ryan also benefited from a strong running game led by Jonathan Taylor. It was good to see JT back doing what he does. He rushed for 147 yards, including a 66-yard touchdown. It was Taylor's first 100-yard game since the season opener against the Houston Texans when he rushed for 161 yards. This is Jeff Saturday talking about a great end to a crazy week for him. I'm not sure there's a storybook ending any better for the first for the first game. So a uh, heck of a win. Obviously, it's one win. We want to stack a lot of wins, but you can't start a stack until you get the first one. So uh, really proud of the guys and, and excited about the way they played. Um, so we'll go from there. 
Now, the Raiders lost their third game in a row and were booed off the field. All three defeats coming to teams with losing records. This latest loss figures to increase scrutiny on first-year head coach Josh McDaniels, who took over a team that made the playoffs last year. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.